In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Christ is among us. This past week, those of you who are, are on my cathedral email contact list received a protocol from Metropolitan Gregory concerning the ancient building in Constantinople known as the Hagia Sophia and how now the government, Turkish government is permitting the Muslim, those of the Muslim faith to have services in this once Christian church. Until I entered the seminary, I have never heard of the Hagia Sophia, and so I thought it might be a good time to offer a sermon on the history of this magnificent edifice. Now, way back at the beginning, during the first three centuries of the new Christian church, they had no place to go to worship. The faithful were forbidden to enter the temple in Jerusalem or any synagogue around the world and were forced to worship in private homes and underground catacombs. The pagan government viewed this Christian, this Christians as a harmless sect, yet blamed them for everything that went wrong in the empire and persecuted them relentlessly. They often accused the Christians of cannibalism since they spoke about eating the body and blood of Jesus Christ. But by the fourth century, the Roman Empire had grown far beyond the city of Rome, Rome, Italy, to include most of the coastal lands of the Mediterranean Sea and beyond. This is when Constantine the Great went to war for control over the Roman Empire. And on the day of a great battle, Constantine looked into the sky and he saw the sign of the cross with a message from God saying, by this sign you will conquer, the sign of Jesus Christ. All his troops put the sign of the cross on the front of their shields and Constantine won the battle. As a result, Constantine favored Christianity and made it the legal religion of his empire. And after Constantine's proclamation of Christianity as the official state religion, construction of large churches was undertaken in every city of the empire. The great, um, the great Roman Empire was now called the Byzantine Empire, was also called New Rome, and the new capital city of Byzantium was renamed after Constantine and became the city of Constantinople. Now many churches were built in that city of Constantinople and in the year 360, the largest of these churches was built and named Hagia Sophia, also known as Saint Sophia. Now we know that churches were usually named after saints, St. Nicholas, St. Michael. However, this magnificent church was not named after the female saint named Sophia. Hagia Sophia is actually translated into English as Holy Wisdom. Hagia, Holy, Sophia means wisdom. 
The church was named after the second person of the Holy Trinity, God the Son, which we call the Word of God and the Wisdom of God. And so you see Hagia Sophia was dedicated to holy wisdom to Jesus Christ. Now St. John Chrysostom was the patriarch of Constantinople at that time. And, the pre and he preached his golden mouth sermons from inside of this church. On one occasion, the empress wanted the silver statue of herself erected in the front of the church. And St. John Chrysostom refused to permit this. And he got into a dispute with the empress. He, she wanted her, her statue there in front of the church. And St. John Chrysostom said, no, no statue. This is dedicated to Jesus Christ. So they got into a dispute and St. John spoke out against it and was sent into exile. Well, after that, riots occurred in, in the church and it was partially burnt down. But in the year 1415, the Hagia Sophia was restored and re-inaugurated, the second church. Now, a century later, another dispute arose and Hagia Sophia was burned to the ground a second time after the riots or during the riots. This time the fire completely consumed the entire building. So the Emperor Justinian undertook construction of a new church at the same site. And Justinian had material brought from all over the Byzantine Empire, from every direction, from every city. And 10,000 workers were employed under the supervision of 100 foremen. And five years later, in the year 537, Justinian attended the inauguration and consecration of the building which still stands to this day. The church was so large that one could take a chariot up the ramps inside of the church all the way up to the third level. When I went to Constantinople with Metropolitan Nicholas years ago, we walked up those ramps. The, the place is immense. So could you imagine driving a car or a chariot up the ramps to the third floor, to the third level of this huge church? It was in this building that an entourage sent by St. Vladimir the Great from Russia they came into the Hagia Sophia and they made the comment that they did not know if they were in heaven or on earth. It was that beautiful to them. And it was at that point that Vladimir declared that orthodoxy would be the faith of the Russian people because of the beauty and the heavenly feeling of that Hagia Sophia. This magnificent building was the largest church in the world and was the center of Orthodox Christianity for 1,000 years. It had endured earthquakes. It had endured cracks in the domes from the ground settling over time. Hagia Sophia was able to withstand all that Mother Nature could give but it could not withstand the evil of human beings. In the year 1204, the Fourth Crusade, sanctioned by the Roman Catholic Church, plundered the Church of Hagia Sophia and committed unmentionable and repulsive acts in the holy place.
They took many of their religious treasures back to Venice, Italy. And if you've ever been to Venice, Italy, to St. Mark's Cathedral in Venice, Italy, you will see many of the site, many of the things of Hagia Sophia's treasures there in that church. In the year 1452, the city of Constantinople fell to the Ottoman Empire and was renamed Istanbul. Hagia Sophia was converted to a Muslim mosque. The icons were whitewashed or completely destroyed, the mosaics covered over. In 1934, the building was turned into a museum and they restored some of the iconography and restored some of the mosaics. And the faithful had been allowed now to go inside and experience and see the beauty, beauty of, what, of what was once the center of Orthodox Christianity. However, as we mentioned this past week, the Turkish government has given approval for the museum to be used again as a worship center for Muslims. So you may say to yourself, well, what does that have to do with us living in the United States of America in the year 2020? What do we care? For some, it means nothing at all. For others, it is like putting a knife into their heart. You see, when one part of the body of Christ suffers, the entire body feels the pain. The heart of Orthodox Christianity suffers an attack, and we all feel the pain. If nothing less, we should at least be asking ourselves, how could this happen? How could this happen that the church, which was a stronghold of Christianity for 1,000 years, be closed? Could it fall? How could it fall? Could that happen to us? Could our magnificent and blessed cathedral doors be closed with no, no one permitted to enter, no priest to serve at the altar? There is no doubt at this time that God is calling us to pay attention. There is no doubt that God is giving us a wake-up call. The question is, is will we pay attention? We prayed this past Friday evening that the Holy Theotokos, the Holy Mother of God, intercede for all of us. We prayed for her protection. You know, today's sermon is really a history lesson. But there are many reasons that this stronghold of Christianity fell. One of the reasons was the people turned secular. They forgot about God. They didn't really care. They knew that God was there, but they didn't really care. They cared about the secular government more than they cared about God. It's a warning to us that we do not become too secular, that we forget about God as well. Let us wake up so history does not repeat itself and that we may always pray and serve the divine liturgy in this blessed cathedral. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is among us.